without him. He deserves our praise, our glory. We exalt you, Jesus. We lift you up, Lord. There is no other name that is given among men whereby we must be saved. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. How great the name of Jesus is. Amen. He is full of grace and mercy. Amen. And how much we need that in our lives each and every single day. Aren't you thankful that His mercies are new every morning? Great is His faithfulness. God is always there every morning. It's we who need to be more faithful to Him. He's always there for us. The question is, are we there when He calls on us? We want Him to be there when we call His name, and I think He wants us to be there too when He calls for us. Amen. But it's so great to be able to worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. Amen. To lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. As um, the uh, the Sunday school or kids church, kids church can be dismissed tonight. Amen. Um, we're excited for what God is doing. Amen. We know that uh, no matter what happens out there, uh, we're safe in God's arms, right? Man, we're just going to keep on believing, taking another step, another day at a time. Amen, to see uh, where God is taking us. Amen, wherever it is, I know it's going to be a good place, right? God's never going to lead us or forsake us or lead us in a bad place. Wherever that may be, God's hand is there. His protection is there, and I want that's where I want to be. Amen, I don't want to stray to the left, to the right. I want to be right where God wants us to be, amen. Amen, as we're staying, we go to the word of the Lord tonight. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Thank you for your continued giving and support. Offering baskets are down here and out there and online. Isaiah 55 and 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Wherever the word of God goes, it's going to prosper. That means it's going to be victorious. It's going to do what God has declared it to do. And I'm thankful that it does not return void and that we can stand upon the Word of God. That's really the only thing that we can put our feet upon that is solid, that is tried, is true, that is forever settled in heaven. Amen. And we can put our faith in that. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight from this title, Declared and Delivered. Declared and Delivered. Turn to a few people and give them a high five or wave to them or whatever you want to do. You may be seated. Man, in the days and times that we are living, locked up in our homes and watching over our shoulder every moment that we are out in public, looking for that boogeyman named Corona. Many people are turning to online shopping since we really have no choice. If you haven't uh, been hooked on it, I'm sure you're getting a taste of that now. But uh, the online shopping is where Amazon is king, king of killing brick-and-mortar stores. With a few clicks, your online purchase will be on its way to your front door. Your card will be charged, but you won't have your product yet. You, are, you have to wait for it to be delivered to your home. 
And sometimes, well, I should say most of the times nowadays, it can't get delivered fast enough. We are eagerly waiting the fulfillment of that transaction that we did. We, start, we started the order, we began the process, and now we are waiting for it to be accomplished. Most packages nowadays come with a tracking number, which doesn't help our restlessness because you can look at where your box is on a map and you can anticipate it arriving in four, five, ten, twelve stops, whatever it says. And so you're eagerly waiting for that email, that text, that notification that says delivered. Ah, how refreshing it is to hold in your hands the fulfillment of that order you placed a few days ago. And you didn't have to leave your home. Your faith and your assurance in that transaction with that company is strengthened once you receive that product. And talk about a confidence boost when Amazon takes a picture of your box sitting at your front door just waiting for you to get home and to rip it open. Amazon works hard to make sure that you are satisfied with their services so that you will have full faith and confidence that when you click buy on their website that you know deep down without a shadow of a doubt within a day or two you will hold in your hand those very items. Ordered and delivered. Now, I'm going to get real with us tonight, and that usually means that the preacher said what says next, it might sting a little bit, and that's why I gave the, the PSA. But I, I think sometimes, not all the times, but I think sometimes we might have more faith in Amazon than we do in the Word of God. We have more faith and assurance that Amazon will fulfill my order than we do about God and the Word of God accomplishing what it is sent to do in our lives. I know Amazon can do it, but I'm not so sure about God's promises and the, what the Word of God declares. Well, I'm here tonight to rebuke that spirit of doubt and unbelief and rebuke the spirit of fear because we know the Word of God declares that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That means with a sound mind, I will stand and declare that the Word of God is true and it will accomplish that which it is sent to do. It doesn't matter how long it's been. Time has no effect on the Word of God. If God said it, if the Word of God declares it, it shall come to pass. That it is going to happen the conditions and the climate of this world cannot prevent God from performing His Word. It doesn't matter how bad it gets out there, it's not going to stop God's will from accomplishing what it is sent to do. Whether you believe it or not, the Word of God will not return void. As a body of believers, we can bind together and we can become unified 
in fear and unbelief, and still, that's not going to stop the Word of God. It's going to accomplish, it will prosper what it is sent to do. Even if you don't believe it, God still says, I said it, and therefore, I'm going to do it, and my Word will not come back void. The Word of God says that in the last days, He's going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, and the latter rain will be greater than the former. I don't know about you, but I believe that tonight. Even if we have not seen it yet, I'm still holding out in faith that revival is still coming because the Word of God said it's going to happen. Not because of what's going on in some other church or not because of some feeling that we have, but solely because the Word of God has declared it. And if it has been declared, then it will be delivered at some point. I'll take it even further that the whole world can come together. And it will in opposition to the people of God and in opposition to the Word of God. And even that will not stop the Word of God from accomplishing what it is sent to do. Revelation 19 says, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. And his eyes were a flame as of fire and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth upon the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. The sword that Jesus is going to smite the nations with, the sword that comes out of his mouth, is the Word of God. It doesn't matter if all the nations gather together against the people of God. The Word of God is going to come, and the Word of God is going to prevail. And so I'm going to put my faith and my trust in what the Bible says. And those verses on, those words on the page, I'm putting my faith in that no matter what's going on out there. Doesn't the Bible also declare that we are to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God? The sword of the Spirit is our offensive weapon, and everything else we put on is armor. It's for defense. And so if we have any doubt, if we have any unbelief in the Word of God, then we in essence are taking away our sword. How can we hold a sword if we don't believe it's going to happen? How can we fight the enemy with our sword if we have doubt concerning the word of God if it's going to happen? How can we fight the enemy if we're not confident in our weapon's ability? The enemy is not going to run from us if we don't have a weapon. We might think we have a weapon just because we can quote a few verses but that doesn't mean anything because the devil quoted verses against Jesus himself. And he'll quote them against you as well. 
He knows more verses than we do, and so knowledge does not mean anything. Knowing the Word of God doesn't give you the sword. It's obedience to the Word of God that gives you the sword. It's submission to it that gives us access to the power that's in the Word of God. As James tells us, submit yourselves therefore to God, then resist the devil and he shall flee from you. The only reason the devil flees is because he sees a sword in your hand. And he knows that in order to receive that sword, you have to be submitted to the Word of God. And the devil's not going to stick around to find out just how sharp that sword is because Satan knows revelation even better than we do. He knows that once that sword proceeds out of the mouth of Jesus Christ, it's going to be game over for him. There ain't no coming back from the sword of the spirit, which is the Word of God. And so most Christians might think that they have a sword, but they don't. And how do I know? By the way they live, by the way they look, by the way they conduct themselves. They don't believe the word of God because they are not submitted to it, because they don't obey and do as it says. You can't just walk around claiming to be a Christian and expect to have a sword of the Spirit. So they struggle with sin. They'll struggle with unbelief and doubt in their mind and their life and their home becomes the devil's playground. Why? Because they're just professing something and they don't even have a sword. And the devil knows that as well. So they don't have a sword because they're not completely submitted to the word of God. And then when hell shows up in their life, it's not time to grab the AR-15 because what are you going to do? Shoot armor, rat piercing rounds at a spirit? How's that going to work out? That's why we grab the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We have to have the sword. We have to know the Word of God. And we have to be submitted to the Word of God if that's going to work in our lives. If the devil is sleeping on your couch, then the question should be asked is, where's your sword? If you're not praying, and if your home is silent when it comes to praying, then you might not have a sword and you think you do. If the Word of God is collecting dust in your home, you probably don't have a sword in your hand. You might as well sleep with your doors and your windows open because without the sword of the Spirit, we have nothing to attack and fight against the enemy. All we have to do is stand there and take, take it and take beatings and be oppressed and being uh, abound and, and tormented by all these things. It's the Word Word of God that we fight back against the strongholds and we pull them down. Doesn't the Bible tell us to pray and to study the Word of God? And so if we're not doing these things, then we're not living a submitted life. Because if we truly believed them, then we would do it, wouldn't we? If we truly believed it. If we truly believed the hurricane was going to hit us directly, we would do something about it. If we truly believe the word of God and what it says, we would do something about it. And so the problem is we don't completely believe it. And we believe Amazon more than the word of God. But I don't know about you, uh, if you realize it or not, but the spirits of darkness are coming out in full force in this world. They're not hiding any longer. They're out with a vengeance and because they know that their time is running extremely short. It's all or nothing for them. And so if you think they're going to go and play golf, fish with you, you're wrong. 
Romans tells us, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Now is not the time to take it easy and relax. Now is not the time. Now is the high time to put on the armor of God, taking our shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit and begin to push back the forces of darkness, pull down strongholds and break down barriers. Can't wait around for a knock at our door. It's time to march. It's time to go on patrol and to stand on the wall and to be a watchman for our home and for our family. Because if we're not living right, if you've got one foot in and one foot out, it's time to make a choice where you're going to be because otherwise a choice is going to be made for you. And if our prayer rooms are silent, it's time to break that silence because we need to seek the face of God like never before. We need to pull out the sword of the Spirit and sharpen that sharper than ever before. If our sword is dull and can't cut through butter, time we sharpen it. It's time we open up the Word of God and start looking and seeing what it has to say because we're going to need to use it in the last days. The Bible declares that we're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling, not over the devil, not over the darkness, not over the things that are happening in this world, but fear and trembling towards the Word of God itself. We, we need to fear the Word of God so much that we believe that what the Word says is going to happen. That we tremble at the thought of missing out on the rapture of the church. I don't think we're afraid of missing the rapture of the church. Otherwise, we'd be seeking God like never before. The thought of that should cause us to fear and tremble. Because I believe what we see out in the world today is just a small glimpse of the world to come. Once the forces of darkness are allowed full reign and full access in this world, it's going to be a world that you don't want to be a part of. The Bible says that people are going to beg for death. Beg for death and they won't be able to die. How is that? What kind of world is that? Matthew 24 and 3, and as he sat upon the mountain of olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So the disciples are obviously inquiring, thinking it's going to be a lot sooner than it happens in their life inquiring about the end of the world, but the thing that we have to understand is when Jesus speaks, words now come forth out of his mouth. And Jesus being God means what he says is going to come to pass. That they will happen, that they will not return void, and, and they will accomplish and they will prosper. And so what Jesus is getting ready to say those things, uh, those that are alive in the last days of this world will see the very words that Jesus declared delivered on the doorstep of their home. Matthew 24 and 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed, 
that no man deceive you. The first thing he declares is you had better know the word of God. Otherwise, somebody's going to deceive you. You had better know, before I even get started, you better take heed that no man deceive you. And the only way you do that is you need to study the Word of God, work out your own salvation, rightly dividing the Word of truth. We had better know the truth and you had better live the truth because if we don't know that, somebody can deceive you. So before he even gets into it, he just says you need to understand and know the Word of God. Verse 5, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. We know that God confirms his word with signs following, miracles, signs, and wonders. But to those who do not know the word of God, can get deceived by signs and wonders. Because the devil has the ability to do that as well. And that is why it is crucial and critical to go back to the first thing he says is you need to learn and understand the word of God so that you are not deceived. You may know the word of God that you have the sword of spirit in your hands and you know how to use it. That's the only way you're going to know whether the truth is spoken or it is not. Is to understand the word of God, to know it. In verse 6, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. These things, these things have to happen now. Jesus just said it. There's going to be wars and rumors of war. That means the word of God goes forth and it's going to accomplish that. There's going to be wars and there's going to be rumors of wars. Just because he spoke it. And we already know that that's been going on for centuries. Wars and rumors of wars. And so that's not much uh, surprising to us. Uh, but here are the most critical words for the people of God that he says. There shall be wars and rumors of wars. He says, and see that ye be not troubled. When you see and hear all the things that begin to happen, Jesus says, don't be troubled by them. Don't be troubled by all this stuff that's going on out there. Don't be troubled by the wars and the rumors of wars and whatever signs and wonders and whatever things are happening. Don't be troubled by those things. When the world begins to turn upside down, do not be afraid. Do not be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. These things have to happen because Jesus just declared them that they are going to happen. He just spoke them into existence and so it's not just a coincidence that things are happening we're not just getting unlucky no the things that we are seeing are the things that we are in the things that we are hearing are part of the very word of God being fulfilled in these last days. And so when the word of God is declared, it doesn't matter if Jesus declared them 2,000 years ago. At some point, they're going to come to pass. And if these are the last days, guess what? We're going to start, we're we're seeing a lot of things already come to pass. And so Jesus said, don't be troubled by these things. Don't be disturbed. Don't let them uh, uh, ruin your life. So the very words of God are being fulfilled. And when the word of God is declared, then they will be delivered. And so that should not trouble the people of God. The events of the last day 
should not trouble the people of God because Jesus says, don't be troubled. I'm explaining to you all the things that are going to happen because you want to know what's happened at the end of the world. And here you go. Don't be troubled by these things. And so these things should not make us afraid when prophecy is fulfilled. We should not be afraid. It, 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 it may uh, not be a good thing, but that should not trouble us. It should comfort us, and we should be rejoicing, not because of the, the details or the terrible events that are happening, but these things should increase and strengthen our faith and our trust in the very Word of God. Because if His Word said it, and we are seeing it come to pass in our lives, even if it's bad things, that means the Word of God is true. It's, be, it's coming to pass, and we, we, we usually only rejoice. We usually only rejoice about the blessings and good parts. That's all. the only thing I want to see God come to pass are the good things. Well, he's not de- describing good things. If we're not in the last days, then those, we don't have to worry about those things. But if the word, the word of God applies to the not-so-good parts as well, wars and rumors of wars, those are not pleasant things. But if the word of God says it's going to happen, it has to happen. And when they do happen, we should say, there's the word of God happening again. I'm not going to be troubled by it. I'm going to take my faith and confidence in the word of God because I just saw it happen before my eyes. And if, if not so good things are happening, that still means that the word of God will not return void, that those things must happen because they were spoken and declared. He goes on to say in verse 7, For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Not just country against country, but what about race against race? Are we not seeing something like that happening right now before our very eyes? Should we be troubled by those things? No, the word of God is coming to pass and being fulfilled. Jesus said, don't be troubled when you see those things. And so if he says that, then i got to trust his words not to be troubled. And there shall be famines and pestilences. Uh, hello, coronavirus. Should we be shaking in fear because of these things? Should we be afraid because of the pestilence that is happening now? Jesus said, don't be troubled by these things. They're just signs that I'm getting ready to come. And so you don't get put your head in the sand. You get encouraged by the word of the Lord. You put your faith and say, it's coming to pass. The word of God is being fulfilled right before our very eyes. I'm not going to be troubled by those things. He says earthquakes, earthquakes in diverse places. We already know there's plenty of earthquakes happening. But what about uh, not just the ground shaking, what about the shaking of a nation? Is not this country being shaken right now? 
Would you not say that there are tremblings happening out there? And so just because we may not like it or the world may not like what is happening out there uh, doesn't mean that we should be troubled or be afraid because if we can find that in the Word of God, that means it's coming to pass. That means prophecy is being fulfilled, and it may not be good, but, hey, it's coming to pass because I know what else is coming. If that already came true, I know some other good scriptures that are coming down the line because these are starting to happen right before our eyes. And so I'm not going to be troubled by these pestilences. I'm not going to be afraid and shake in fear because the Word of God is happening right before my eyes. No, I'm going to stand and put my faith in it because I know if God said it, it will happen. It's going to come to pass and we will see the Word of God fulfilled in our lives. Musicians, if you would come. Verse 8, and he puts icing on this cake. All of these things, these terrible things I've just already mentioned, these are just the beginning. The beginning of sorrows. They're just the beginning. They are just an appetizer of what is to come. And so even though the Word of God declares bad things are going to happen, that doesn't mean they're happening to us. They may be happening in the world around us, but uh, we put our faith and our trust in Him and sal the salvation and the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what we're putting our faith and trust in. And so uh, we don't need to be troubled as Jesus said. Now, I might get in trouble for saying this, another, another PSA, but this is just my opinion. And it's not scriptural, it's not biblical. So you are entitled to your own opinion, which may be opposite of mine. That's fine. We can all have opinions, at least right now, so far. We can still have them. <clears throat> but it breaks my heart to say, but I think... I personally think that America's glory days might be behind us. As much as I love this country and want to see it become more prosperous and more blessed than ever, as I want to see my girls grow up in the America that I grew up in, i kind of having a hard time finding the faith to believe that. America has had 47 years to overturn Roe versus Wade and abolish abortion. 47 years to do that, and it hasn't happened yet. I just don't see that happening now or in the near future. That's just my opinion. Do you think the Supreme Court will overturn its decisions? Will over discern, over, uh, overturn its decision about gay marriage? All these things that are abominations to the Word of God. In my opinion, the only way we can turn this country around is if we get back in line with the Word of God. And so if we're not going to do that, if America's not going to align with the Word of God, I don't have much faith in the direction that this country is headed because if the Supreme Court will not overturn these things, last month it just strengthened its position and gave transgenders rights. seems that we're going in the wrong direction. 
We're not headed in the right direction as a nation, and we are accelerating our course with the judgment and wrath of God. That's what I see. That's my opinion. I see every nation right now bowing to COVID-19. I see COVID-19, therefore, laying the groundwork for a one-world system. It's my opinion. I can see you being denied access to the grocery store if you don't wear a mask. I can see also you being denied access to buy food if you don't have the coronavirus or the vaccine whenever they decide to come up with that. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be anti-medical. I think this is being used by, for something. I can see even more clearly now because of what we're dealing with right now, I can see that more clearly where you cannot buy or drink because you don't have a certain mark. We've always heard about it, but I can really start to see things coming together right now. We are just getting conditioned right now to live in a world where that is possible. Whoever would have thought you would be denied to get into a store if you don't wear a mask. Or the cops would be called on you because you're not putting on the mask. Whoever would have thought that. But uh, it's just one step closer. And maybe it's a big step closer to a one world government. But I can see that easily happen. I, I think we may have crossed the line or the threshold of no return. But, but that all of those things do not trouble me. Because my future and my soul is not destined for America's doom. My soul has been grafted in into the kingdom of God. I became a kingdom, a citizen of another country a long time ago. And I have to learn to let America go down the road than the path that she wants to go down. But I'm not on that train of destruction. No, I'm on the train that's bound for glory. That doesn't trouble me. That doesn't make me afraid. Why should it? Why should we be afraid? That gives us hope because our faith is in the word of God and not in what's going on out there. So the word of God has been declared and we are waiting for delivery of God's word. If you stand with me tonight. If I wasn't an apostolic, if I didn't know the word of God, I probably would be troubled. And if I was an apostolic and I wasn't praying or reading the word of God, I probably would be troubled. I think the reason why the state of our world would trouble a believer is maybe, number one, for some reason, for some crazy reason, and I can, I can subscribe to this as we all would want it to happen, but maybe we thought... That the world would be living in peace and rose petals would be raining from the sky and we would be under our shade trees swimming in our prayer hammocks just waiting for God to return. But the problem with that belief is that Jesus declared that the world is going to be in turmoil. It's not going to be a pleasant place. And maybe we skipped over that in our daily devotion. That was the one day we skipped it last year. Uh, Jesus describing what the end of the world is going to look like. At the end of days, it doesn't look like a pleasant place to be. And so 
We are troubled because maybe we just didn't read the word or it's been a long time since we read it. But So that might be a, a cause for trouble for some believers. Secondly, I think that why we might be troubled is because of just, just how fast things are moving. Like the push of a button and the world is shut down. Economies are collapsing. Financial systems are being upheld by thin air. Food disappears from shelves and toilet paper disappears the first week. Doesn't help. But Jesus says in all of these things, Jesus says, don't be troubled. Don't be troubled by these things. Don't let the fear and the unbelief torment your soul in the last days. Because if these things are coming to pass, he's telling us that these things are going to happen so that we can look for them and so that we can expect them and then we can check them off of our list fulfilled. I saw that happen today. Fulfilled. Accomplished. That part came to pass. That part what Jesus said happened. And so this is not the time to be looking down, but this is the time that we need to be looking up. I will lift up mine eyes until the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. With the word of God being fulfilled all around us. Meaning lots of not-so-good things are happening and will happen. I personally have found that the more that I pray, the more that I seek His face, the more peace I get with everything happening. How can I be at peace? I'll tell you why, because I know my Jesus. I've sought him in the morning, and I've found him out for the day. I've grabbed a hold of the hem of his garment, and I'm not letting go. How can I be at peace? How can I not be troubled? Why? With all this going on, I know who my Jesus is. The more peace I have, the less troubled I am when I get a hold of Jesus. Why? Because I'm checking off. I'm checking wars off. Pestilence, I'm checking that off, that's happened. Earthquakes and shakings, that checked out off, that's happened. That means if that part of the word of God is fulfilled, then what's getting close to being checked off is something else that was declared in the word of God. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then we which are alive and remain, it's coming, folks, it's almost here. We're going to be caught up together with them in a cloud to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall ever we be with the Lord. That was declared thousands of years ago. We're waiting to see it delivered in our lives. It's not time to be troubled. It's high time to wake out of sleep and get ready because the word is coming. The word is coming. The word is on his way. And we need to make sure that we are ready to meet him in the air. That's why Jesus says, don't be troubled by these things. Because if you're believing these words, I've got greater words that are coming after these things. 
And that's what we need to be looking to and be living for is not what's happening down here, but we're living for the world that is to come. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm excited for what God is, has in store. And I don't want to sit idly by. I don't want to put my head in the sand and miss out on the great things and the miracle signs and wonders that are going to happen in these last days. No, we need to be ready. We need to be ready with our sword drawn and pushing back the forces of darkness. That's the only way we're going to see revival in this area. We need to fight off the enemy, tear down the strongholds in Fort Myers and Lee county and we'll see a great outpouring of the holy ghost and because the word of god has declared it i know what's going to happen it doesn't matter how bad it gets i know what what's happening because the word of god declares it as we begin to close and we begin to sing why don't we just begin to rejoice and we thank God for who he is, for his word, that we have something that we can stand upon in these last days. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I, I know what the word of God says, and that is forever settled in heaven. We have something to lean upon. We have the word of God to trust in. We're not going to be troubled because Jesus is with his people. But we got to seek him. We got to find him. He'll be there. He's not very far from every one of us. Uh, why don't we just worship him? Why don't we call upon him? Jesus, we need you. We need you more than yesterday, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, do you believe it? Gotta get a hold and of the I word. You Hallelujah. It's coming to pass. Jesus. Hallelujah. Yo no. 
you believe that tonight? Nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is impossible for you. You hold worship him one more time come on he is all that we need in these last days he'll supply every need that we have no matter how great or how small it is we're gonna stand upon the Word of God because it shall not return void it will accomplish and prosper in the thing that it was sent to do hallelujah hallelujah amen we don't need to be troubled church don't be troubled be confident, be rejoicing, because the time is short and the return of our Savior is ever more present. Amen. That doesn't mean that we just forsake the world. That means we let everybody know we help reach more people so that they can experience the salvation of our Lord Jesus before it's over. Amen. Because we know it we, we know it's not going to end well for the world. But for the people of God, it's going to end really well. And so that's what we're looking to. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name. Don't be troubled.